talking on and off for, <laughs> I think I first reached out in like um, December of last year, maybe, um, and was trying to squeeze something in, but you know, it didn't work for whatever reason. Then I reached out again, and it didn't work out. So I'm glad that um, almost, you know, half a year later, we, we, we figured it out, man. And um, thank you for welcoming me into your space. And then having everybody else in the spot, too. Um, yeah, no, it's, no, it's, no. it's super dope. No, I appreciate you for even stopping by, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? We just made it happen, you know? Timing is everything, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, before we hit record, we were talking about how um, we met a, a while ago, um, probably like 2015, 2016. Um, and at that point, I just knew you as like Spanish friend. Um, I don't even know if I knew the Rock Nation affiliation at that point. I just knew you through Gabo from Mad Cyphers. Um, so, yeah, talk to me about like Office, friend. Like, like I know you for doing music now, um, but, you know, Rhapsody always gives you props for, for helping um, her, her, her maneuver the industry. Um, Westside Gun always drops your name um, to let people know that you are an integral part of, of him maneuvering in the, in the corporate space. Um, yeah. What, 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 what's your behind-the-scenes journey been? Um, just pretty much just working my way and trying to be in the A&R aspect of things. Um, I was under Lenny S., so he pretty much gave me my first opportunity of trying to be in the industry. Um, just pretty much being his ear to the street. So wherever I was any underground artists that was doing their thing. I always try to make sure they find their way into the office or have like some type of name being ring around the be- um the office. So from from anybody from their humble beginnings, so like even when Westside became Westside, you know, I would mention his name early, early, early. And um even before that, like there's too many names I could mention from starting at Def Jam as an intern to even at Rock Nation when I had some type of a kind of a word of mouth of a guy that was pretty much in tune with the streets. So I would bring from Smoke Dizza to J.I.D.K. to even Rock Marcy to Rock Nation. So, you know what I mean? Like, I was like that in tune, especially with what's going on now with this whole renaissance. I was already on that shit really early from like 2012, 2011, when it wasn't the thing to do. Some, you know what I mean? Just pretty much being the ear to the street. You know what I mean? So, working my way of being an A&R and getting that respect that people who was at Rock Nation respected my ear to the point of like, yo, this guy is so in tune that we got to ask him for his opinion. Like, yo, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I'll just give him my opinion. Like, you know, she or he is cool, but you need to check out X, Y, and Z because this person's about to do this and this person's about to do this before they even do it. But having a good sense of like noticing what they're going to do before, you know what I mean, obviously the masses, you know, that's just, just being what ain't not supposed to do from my point of view, you know what I mean, like, because, you know, people throw that term ain't on all the time, but they ain't really in tune like that, they just go by algorithm and all that, they ain't really out there going to showcases, they ain't really doing the, you know what I mean, or just even in tune, or just being in the streets of, like, what Chris Lighty and all them used to do, or just being in the midst of, like, the scene, rather than just looking at it from a computer standpoint, right? So that was my little journey as far as, like, trying to be an A&R aspect of it. And they're actually doing it to the point of, like, to the highest form in my point of view. Yeah. But, yeah, that was my, my thing. Yeah. And then in, in my mind, as I see it now, and I could be wrong, but is that part no longer a part of the equation? Are you, like, just making music now? Yeah, I'm just making music right now. Of course, like, if the opportunity ever came, I would go at it again, but more 
in a creative standpoint rather than just being in the office. I'm not really like an office guy. I like to really be on the field. Yeah. And that's the, and the office is a little more different because you got to go by, like, you know, like I said, algorithm, they mostly focus on, they ain't really, the creative aspect normally comes last. It's all about what they can bring in rather than what they can come out musically, you know. That's like always the second case. So if it's in the label in the standpoint that there's more creative aspect of it, of course, but right now it's just more, I'm more on the production side, side of things, yeah. being creative, yeah. But but when do the beats into the equation? Like, is it something that you always toyed with, or once you were out of the building, you were like, yo, I'm going to pursue the, the music thing as a as a creative? Yeah, I used to play around with it back when I, when I was in the office, but I wasn't really focused on that. That was never really my, my main objective. It was more of just like, yo, me bring the most dopest shit and try to become a and you know what I mean? Like, I was looking at it like, I'm a student of the game, so I used to try to be on the uh, Earth Gotti aspect of it. Like, I want to be the next Earth Gotti, bring up DMX, bring the JR at the same time, and just come in full storm. And then um, when I noticed that, you know, the the A&R thing wasn't really for me at the time, I was like, you know what, let me, let me prove my point of doing something musically. Because I'm not just one of them guys who know, like, listen to music, I really create it too. So I wanted to show that because there's a lot of people that critique music and but never really behind the creative aspect of it. They're just going by just whatever they listen to. But it's a little more different. I feel like the artist respects you more when you when you're in the other side of the field also. So yeah. when I started, I used to always play with the fact of just being a producer, but that was more behind closed doors until I got perfected my craft. And then just by perfecting it, I will. You know, just toy around, play, listen. Like my man Blue, he's one of the main reasons that I started really getting into producing because we've been playing around with it. He's a rapper, I'm a producer, but when we started creating, I started to notice that I had a little gift behind it as far as just putting shit together, samples, and just being different. And that just built my confidence level of like, you know what, I think I got something here. And then just pretty much working with Aldo from there. And pretty much Doe gave me more of the confidence, like, you know, especially with artists like him. He's worked with every producer known the man that's been doing their things, and he gave me the confidence, like, nah, you got some shit. We need to do something. And that built a whole nother confidence in me of wanting to create even more and pretty much determine what we're doing right now. Yeah. And and that was the thing that was intriguing to me because on the one hand, like, yeah, you, you could have worked with, like, um, you know, lesser-known artists or whatever, but a person like Aldo who's been doing it a long time and has access to accomplished beat makers sean c lv type shit um 183rd type shit like just people who have been doing it a long time um what was that conversation like between the two of you where it was like yeah you haven't been doing it long but like i'm going to not necessarily put my career in your hands but like 2019 for the both of you was just like this moment where it was just like yo donia blanca um michelin stars came out a little what well, came out this year but uh, it was kind of continuation of Donya Blanca and the white tape. Like, what were those early conversations like? Um, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, Rand, I, I knew Rand since high school. We went to the same high school. So, in 2012, he introduced me to a producer named Element. And that's how we did the first uh, Nose Candy project. So, Rand always been around, but he was, at, you know, he was at the, at the office and shit. And he just acted when he when he left the office and he started doing the music shit. That's my nigga, so I always just tell him like, "Yo, send me some shit, send me some shit." And as he started like growing, I started being like, I started noticing like, oh, because he's like a real serious nigga. Like, yeah. if he said I'm gonna do beats now, like that's what I want to do, 
he gonna do that shit every day, all fucking day, and he gonna master that shit. Yeah. That's just his personality. His drive is like crazy. Like sometimes I'll be slacking off. He be like, yo, what we doing? What we doing? Like he just be on it. So yeah. like, after a while, he started sending me some crazy shit. And I was like, yo, let's do it. And then we really was gonna do the white tape first, but we were trying to perfect it so much that we got tired of holding on to all the music. So the first Doña Blanca was just all throwaways. But people didn't really know that, so it was like, oh, let's just put it out. And he just received it well, and then it was like, fuck it, let's do two and three. From two and three, two was still like one or two leftover joints, but then the whole three was all new. And after we did that, people went so crazy over that shit, it was like, oh, fuck it, let's just put out the white tape. And niggas really gravitated towards the Doña Blanca trilogy kind of more a little bit. Right, that shit kind of got me pissed off a little bit. Because <laughs> I spent mad time on the white tape. Like, if you could tell, the white tape is like a little more polished. It's like, like a little more concept-based. Yeah. The art is crazy. And this Doña shit, we did like, let's just do this shit, fuck it. Yeah, just piece it together real quick. Niggas fucking with this shit more. I'm like, nigga, I've been working on this shit for like two years, the white tape. Three morning sessions and quad. Yeah, nigga, sessions 3 a.m. to like 9 a.m., nigga. My wife calling me, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Falling asleep and this shit. I got 18 kids, you know what I'm saying? And then we'd be, we be here doing Donia and people were accepting that more. And it's like, damn, we might as well just do this shit here and do yeah. it anytime we want to. Niggas got the Donia vinyl deal before <laughs> the white tape. That shit had me tight. I, was, I appreciate it. We be doing a white tape one now with, um, actually with two bonus joints on it. But, yeah, he just, he just ran just... He a different type of nigga. He a beast. So yeah. if he say he going to do something, he really going to do that shit. Yeah. And, and you said something. Like you said that he's a serious guy. And it makes me think about the content on the, well, on the Doña Blanca, on the White Tape, on Michelin Star. So like Aldo, like I know you as the Pope of the Coke talk. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, you... you took Karuchi from Chris Brown type shit like mm-hmm. you know what I mean had Cassie ready to curve puff type shit you know what I mean like <laughs> right right <laughs> so right I, I know you for all of that right and it's um like very like um you know that New York very show swagger type shit that heavy heavy street talk right but like when you link with Rand like there's 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 more balance is heavier talk like you're talking about uh your, your battle with alcohol you're talking about um upending your family from some of the decisions that you right. that you've made well, how, how, i was just gonna say like where the, does rand's beats um take you there or was it conversations that you had before where he's like yo you should tap into these like i know you personally like you should tap into these other other things yeah i would say it's probably like 70 percent rand like yo you need to balance like Niggas need pain Like people like When you talk like that You gotta be vulnerable too Cause You know He, he likes how You know them, Those type of songs He fuck with So I would say like It's 30% The beat The beat a lot of times Takes me somewhere But most of the beats I pick is hard So I just wanna rap all day Like But Rand kinda We have these conversations When we get halfway done We be like okay We need some pain We need some soul We need some like Donya Three, it was a lot of samples, a lot of soul shit on there. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really with it at first. Yeah. I'm like, yo, bro, this shit is too slow for me. Yeah. <laughs> but niggas fucked with it, and after a while, after I heard it, and the way we put it together, cause everything we do after we done, we go there, we sequence it, we blend everything the right way, and we, you know, we do skits. I send him some shit, send me some shit. Like we really locked in, like every single day type shit, just thinking about the next move. So. 
favorite part is really just a sequence thing. Like the, the favorite, like that's like the whole process of making the. We're trying to create a sound, right? So we just pretty much experiment while we going through samples or how the beat goes. And then a lot of the shit we make is off a of conversation. Like, yo, you should talk about this. You should talk about you. Then you just tell me this story that just happened the other day. Let's put this in the song. Or I'll try to make a beat around the conversation that we made. And that kind of build up the process of, of an album. But pretty much everything that we do we will determine the best way we find out how the album is going to be is obviously the sequencing, sequ- um, the sequencing mm-hmm. and, um, that determines like we got a lot of soulful shit, a lot of vulnerability. But that's the best process of it. For me, that's the best process of the album, the sequencing part, because it kind of determines where we're gonna take it, you know. But other than that, um, word it's mostly conversation for me it's with him, man. That's how the song really develops. So I'll try to make a beat around a conversation that we had. Yeah. yeah. And so for you being in the in the corporate buildings and then aldo for you like your early trajectory was like kind of like a major label kind of like trajectory um but the label has kind of i mean the industry has kind of changed um well not kind of it has changed a lot or considerably um over you know the last five to ten years or whatever and i see the way you guys are approaching it you're kind of tapping into that band camp space or like that you know kind of underground space Talk to me about those conversations, like, because the approach is, is is vastly different than like the streaming approach or trying to get the attention of other major labels. And and you know, though you always talk about the different um, executives that you've sat down with and just didn't work out or whatever the case may be. So just talk to me about like game planning to kind of establish yourself or reestablish yourself in 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 the, the new way. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, really, really with Bandcamp is just pretty much knowing your worth. Like, yo, we we've been giving out free music for years. Or well, even even with Doe, he's been giving out free music for years through the streaming services. With with me, I'm like I said, I'm more the behind behind the scenes. So I'm just really tapping in, just looking at what's going on right now. Like some like like the conversations we had earlier with other artists, like how much they're charging vinyls or even. Um, even even their own digital releases like hundred dollars, two hundred dollars. Or even tapping into that vinyl market yeah, yeah. in the first place. So just yeah, in general, just just hearing the stories about it from other artists and just seeing it from from behind the scenes, and just seeing like there's a lot of revenue behind that. It's like yo, we need to tap into this because you know, you know, obviously we we have a lot of confidence in ourselves that we know we know we make great music. We feel like and Dope already established himself as a great artist that built a fan base. While with me, I'm obviously I'm still brand new at it because a lot of people don't know me for making beats. The people, if you know, you know, you know. But if you don't, it's pretty much I'm starting my whole shit from scratch. So I'm pretty much off winging it from Dope. But at the same time, just seeing what's going on with other artists and from from a person who's just standing who just started, they're still getting some type of revenue off of Bandcamp or even the vinyl deals or people with a a limited amount of fan base you kind of see like all right there's still people tapping in with the whole vinyl scene while doe's been building his foundation for a long time i'm like yo you could get a lot of a lot of money out of this situation and just pretty much knowing your worth like knowing your worth of what what we can get out of this and just seeing other artists doing it from a from a lower fan base standpoint i mean if you build your fan base like this you might as well tap into this and get some extra income from from Vinyls and and digital, even digital people are willing to pay a lot of money for. So that's pretty much what it is as far as where Bandcamp goes is like another way of like revenue. Yeah. And then tapping in with the vinyls, you can sell your vinyls through Bandcamp. So even with that, it's like an extra amount of income on top of that. So 
just watching other while just watching other people move and just trying to do do that but at the same time do us at the same with with that too yeah, yeah. and though did you need coming from what you coming from like being in these different offices and budgets and all this different type of shit like did you need convincing from Rand to 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 give it a go like were you comfortable like like being in the offices and 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 living um, that kind of that that kind of way no like i think it's a blessing in a way it's like i seen the you know i had meetings i've been in the buildings and i got a lot of great relationships like even the people who things didn't work out with or whatever the case may be they all fuck with me heavy so it's like a lot of people were rooting for me mm-hmm. but you know everybody's timing is different so you know only god knows when my time is gonna be here but we just gotta work you know what i'm saying we just gotta work but um to answer your question i was a little skeptical rand's like yo we, we I think you could kill this route right here. Like this shit's going on, niggas. These niggas is not nicer than you. <laughs> yeah. Not just the conversations, like. Yeah. Nah, no disrespect, but they really yeah, not yeah, though. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like, yo, I think we could fuck shit up. Like, why? Why can't you do that? You have like, you got a core fan base. Anything I put out, anything I sell, niggas buy. That shit sell out. I got a big ass Europe, European, and um. Japanese fan base, like, so he was like, yo, this is this is what's going on. I didn't know. He put me on. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know none of the artists, like, that's like in that underground realm right now. I didn't really know. No disrespect to anybody. I just wasn't aware. Mm-hmm. Because even though I'm an underground artist, I consider myself like a hardcore rapper. It was like. It's different. a different layer, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, I came up with Vado and, you know. New York rapping type shit, like yeah. trying to get a deal, like rapping hardcore. Then when you get a deal, you make a song for the bitches. And yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I came up like that. And once he put me on the shit was going on, I was like, you know what, fuck it, let's do it. Because I trust his ear because he always had his ear to the streets. He always knew. He put me on the, every, all these niggas. I never knew none of these niggas. He'd be like, yeah, you heard this nigga and this thing? I'd be like, no. <laughs> and I hear about, like, okay, this nigga's cool. So. He kind of had to convince me to do it. I was a little apprehensive at first. I didn't want to fuck with it, but it's probably the best shit we did. Yeah. We've been killing shit on Bandcamp. Yeah. Nice. So I don't know people talk shit about Bandcamp. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> that shit doing fine for us. It's just, yeah. it's just with, the, it's just with the, the trust that we have for each other. Like, yo, trust me. That's, that's actually how we kind of, like, calm down. Like, yo, tr- we say that one word, yo, trust me. And then that's when you kind of be like, all right, let me put my guard down because... We're not gonna lead each other to the wrong path or wrong road of decision making, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, like he had a lot of ideas with even with the album covers that he'd be like, "Yo, we need Britney Spears on this shit." Yeah. Fucked out, <laughs> and I'd be like, "Quite like I'll stay quiet," yeah, and, and, and then and then I'd be like, "You know what? He did plenty of bugged out shit in the past. That shit worked." Yeah. And you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna trust him. That's it. Same thing with. Not to cut you off, when I did the um, the uh, the video in a post suit, mm-hmm. these niggas, yeah. I, we almost ain't shoot the video. The projects too, fucking like. So I'm like, yo, they ain't know. I'm yeah. like, y'all went to this, this shit in Mount Vernon, yeah. official costume yeah. shit, nigga. I got the Pope suit. These niggas like, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? Yeah, nigga, my man Black, he here right now. I put up the Black crib. 
in the suit, nigga. <laughs> These niggas came outside like, nah, bro, we're not doing this. You look crazy, my nigga. <laughs> I was like, yeah. That at, bro. Word to my fucking moms, nigga. They like, nah, but I don't know. Like, I just, that might not be it. I'm like, yo, chill, bro. That niggas is too nervous. I got it. Come on. It's going to be fire. Like, bro, you got to go. We going to the projects, nigga. I said, we good. It should fire. Trust me. That's it. Ever Man. since then? People request it. Every shit. art we do, all the crazy shit, the death dying shit. Rand be like, yo, bro. I don't. He be like, you know what? I ain't, I ain't even going to question you no more. Yeah. So for the serious shit. I trust him of all musical shit, some shit I don't want to do. I'm like, yeah, I right, fuck it. Yeah. Like any artistic shit, even if he, he don't fuck with it, he may be like, all right, bro. Yeah. And it's that like, should be popping. Yeah. It's like, like, like I said, like a yin and yang. Like he's going to do the bugged out shit, and I'm going to do the more like you know, subtle. You know what I mean? So yeah. it call, we complement each other with that factor. But like let's say with the with the cover, he mentioned like, yo, we need the Britney Spears looking crazy, bugged out, the psych war shit. I'll be like, you know, like, <laughs> I, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't question it because I know from the past, from the Pope outfit, it worked. It came to a point that when he would do shows, people would request it. Like, where the Pope outfit? Like, where the Pope? I'm like, oh, nah, this nigga made this shit a thing. Yeah. And very few people could get away with that shit. Like, I look at people like Kanye. Like, Kanye could get away with bugged out shit. You know what I mean? But it works and it doesn't look corny. People love that shit, and that's his personality to me. Like, like anything he do, people are gonna reflect on it. They're gonna receive it very well. Yeah. So, yeah. that's the gift that he has outside of his wordplay and his music, his musical taste. But we compliment each other like that. Like, so whatever he does, that I'd be like second guessing. I never second guess it again because I know it's for the best interest of what we trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. And though you said something earlier that piqued my interest, so you said um, that people were more receptive to to Donya. Blanca's uh, trilogy to whereas you guys put a lot more energy and effort into um, the the white tape um, has that taught you anything or made you rethink anything um, with the way that you're approaching your, your, your music now? Yeah it told me that um, we're too like too much overthinkers like I put so much pressure on myself like every single line I write as I'm writing it I'm listening to it as if I was somebody else listening to the music. So it's like, is this everything I write? Is this cool? Nah, that's not cool. Is somebody going to be like, oh, that's hard. Yeah. So I put too much pressure on myself, but I realized that I've been like really, really humble. I'm low key like for too long. But at this point, I realized my skill level is really high. So I got to stop doubting myself. And I don't doubt my ability, but I just always think something could be better. But I feel like I'm reaching a point where I feel like my taste level and my ear level is so high that even if I think something is not that cool, it's still at the highest capacity of a normal listener. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it just taught me that we need to just do shit and put it out. Do shit and put it out. Because my, my only problem in my career, I feel like, has been consistency, but that's that was purposely done. I don't want to put out 80 mixtapes that's not the type of artist i am mm -hmm. i'm the rap shy day <laughs> you know what i'm saying i want to i want to i want to be mysterious i want to have a mystique about what i do when i do how i do it i don't i'm not i'm gonna keep it 100 even this interview Rand had told me about this interview before yeah. i'd be like who that yeah. I, <laughs> I don't want to do no interview yeah. i don't want to rap on 
camera no more. Like, yeah. how much I'm going to do that? I'm going to go to this nigga radio station, this nigga radio station. Right, right, right. Download my shit. Yeah. I just put it out. I could rap. YouTube it. I've been on mad radio stations. I could rap live. Yeah. You see it. I don't want to be the nigga always. I wanna In your have, face. I, right, right, right. I want people to appreciate when I put something out. I want people to appreciate when they see me. Because I don't go nowhere. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, but I was protecting it too much at one point. So now we just got to stay low and keep firing. So Rand got me really on some consistent shit because he pushes me. Because to be honest, if it wasn't for Rand, I'd, sometimes I'd be like, man, I do this shit when I feel like it. Right, right, right. But a lot of people believe in me. I got a lot of supporters. So I'm happy that we actually, you know what I'm saying, we, we've been on this consistent run. This shit is, is going good for us. Yeah. yeah that's the thing, too. That's the thing, too, like, I have sure, like, I really have a lot of faith in him. Like, I really believe he's one of the greatest rappers out here. You know what I mean? And then we grew up in the same area. We grew up, like, in the Bronx. So I, with, being from the Bronx is, like, a whole nother, it's like a prideful thing. Because, you know, you know who comes out of here. You know where we started. So not to be that guy to be like, yo, the Bronx, the Bronx, the Bronx. Right, right. But it's just really, like, a, a foundation standpoint that when you go, at least with me, I used to go on shows and, the DJ won't even mention the Bronx sometimes. And you'd be like, damn, this shit wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like, always be in the back of my head. Like, a lot of this shit wouldn't be going on if it wasn't. But why is this not mentioned? Why mm -hmm. is certain rappers not even mentioned? Why are we not even mentioning Pine like that? You know what I mean? But obviously, respect, you know, there's always going to be a Biggie or there's always going to be a Pac. But, you know, Pun set a standpoint for hip-hop in a short period of time and coming from the Bronx, especially when it started it. So, with those, like, I know he's one of the greatest lyricists. I could, well, he could be on a track with anybody, and he's gonna stand out without a doubt. Like mm -hmm. I could, I could put all my money on that shit, and it's just the faith that I have him, and just pretty much like we push each other for that shit. So the consistency and everything, obviously, it plays a big part because people's attention span is not even there no more as far as music. Like people, you could drop an album one week, and the following two weeks would be old. Like I'm already over that. So we gotta keep on firing, like you said to the point that they're going to notice our consistency by every album we drop. So even with the Donians, we drop once every other month. Mm -hmm. Like, let people breathe in July, and then we won't drop in August, but we'll drop another one in September. And then October, we'll let it breathe. And then November, we'll drop the third one. And then December, we'll drop a white, white tape. tape. Right. You know, so it was like... It, it it was formatted like that, but not really noticing that we formatted like that. We yeah. was like, yo, let's just let it breathe, cause I'm we, we're thinking that as a, a as a listener too. Like we don't want to hear like 15 albums back after right, back right, right. of the same in artist the, in the five month span. Yeah, you, you're burning yourself out. Yeah, I mean the rollout personally reminded me of um what um Miguel did before he released Kaleidoscope Dreams, cause he did the the art dealer series. He did like three volumes of that. Shit, I had no and, idea. Yeah, and then yeah, and then a dawn a dawn happened to be on one of them joints, mm. and then it ended up just being a single off the album properly, right. and then that shit just like exploded. Shit. So when y'all when I saw y'all doing that shit leading into the white tape, I was like, oh yeah, 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 that seems familiar. That's dope. I had yeah. no idea about that shit. It was just one of them things of we come in as a listener standpoint, like mm -hmm. yo, if we drop this, we don't want to oversaturate ourselves either, but at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, we just played it off carefully and it worked out the way it's supposed to. But, I mean, that's what it is. Like, we did, we, we set the foundation for that. So now, even with Michelin Stars, we're trying to do the same format, but we, we you know, we got to flip it up a little bit. We ain't mm -hmm. trying to be a uh, cliche either or, or be predictable. We want to be different. So, that's the, that's the standpoint of what we're trying to do. We're just trying to be completely different from where everybody else is doing. Because everybody's spitting, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. And everybody's rapping on the boom bap shit, which is great. But, 
we're trying to stand out from all yeah, that Yeah, you got to separate yourself Absolutely. in the midst of the saturation. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah word. So, and I feel like, and I might be wrong, but I feel like between the run that you guys had, um, 2019, leading into Michelin Stars, that this might be the longest break from which we haven't, or longest amount of time that we haven't heard yeah, from you, which is crazy to say because it's only been a few. Yeah, it's really like, yeah, the COVID pretty much held us up from the studio time because, um, you know, people got families too that we trying to take care of. You mm -hmm. ain't trying to be accessible outside and like that. With me, obviously, I ain't, I don't really care. Like, I'll just make sure I was good as far as my health goes, like ginger shots and all that shit, like, make sure I'm good with my immune system. But with Doe, he has kids also, so he, you know, you know what I mean? He had to play the crib real right, safe right, right. and he didn't want to go outside like that. And bring shit back. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Uh -uh. But, yeah, it's really the COVID thing that kind of held us up and... Even when we trying to do Michelin Stars too, we was like, yo, let's just take our time with this. Like, like we don't want to do another EP of five songs and just drop it. Let's make this shit like an album to a point that we can get like a vinyl deal. Because most vinyls like that, like twenty five minutes to thirty minutes. You know, rather than doing an EP, it was probably fifteen, seventeen minutes. So this one we were really strategically just taking our time with it and making it sound as crazy as possible. Like, like I said, we're all about just standing out. We don't want to be just dropping shit just to drop it you know yeah. I mean? but at the same time you know we trying to be consistent too yeah. and since you guys have had some downtime no did you have you guys like look back at that at that run um from donia to to michelin stars like what do we do right what do we do wrong and then what what are some of those things that like you you've like analyzed that like or or come to a realization like yo we could have done this better or not nah, that shit that we we just did us and it worked out um well two answers um as far as like we ain't no, ain't no regrets behind it. We did everything happens for a reason. But one lesson that we learned is just keep everything in house, like not depending on nobody. Like, um, like I said, the studio times we'll we'll random hours from like from when we did the white tape, random hours like we'll have to wake each other up like yo one in the morning, two in the morning, like yo we got a session, let's go, and we'll be there till like eight in the morning, and sometimes you know what I mean like files be missing and shit like that Man. with other engineers. Um, Granted, it worked out for what it, for what it was, and I'm, I'm well appreciated by that. But at the same time, I engineer too, so I know, like at least my fast, like my pace, I work fast. So if we're recording something, I'm already mixing the shit right there and then at the spot. Mm -hmm. So everything's gonna be done within a day or two, two days if I'm fucking tired. But yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like a day or two, like we're gonna get this shit done. Yeah. So as far as that, um. Yeah, pretty much trying to keep everything in house and not to be dependent on anybody. We just just work out in one space and one space only, rather than going to multiple spots and tracks is all over the place. And we gotta find it. You know what I mean? Like, feel like hard drive, yeah, hard drives be missing and shit like that. And I'm a I'm big on trust too. So like, this is all music. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want my shit going to a random spot yeah. or have random. And even beyond that, livelihood. Not even just the music is livelihood yeah, at this yeah. point. Yeah. Like and then have ran, random rappers just pull up and all shit. Like you see, you you're here right now. Like you see how tight knitted this shit is. So we're very picky on who we bring around us or who comes to the sessions. And if who if you come in, it's for a reason. Like yo, like we want to hear your opinion. We wanna we we appreciate your, your your presence of like listening to the music because we know where you where you come from as far as a as a creative. Mm -hmm. So with that, like we're just very picky on who comes into the studio sessions and we just don't want to depend on anybody anymore yeah right. and then what about you though is there anything that you learned from from that 2019 early 2020 run 
with you and Rand? Um, I don't have any regrets. Well, yeah, I don't have any regrets, you know, because, you, you know, you learn off of experience. But like I said before, I think just the overthinking thing, it, it kind of like held us back a little bit. But once we did the Donia series, it kind of showed us that. Even the things we think like, oh, that's just cool. Let's save it for something else. The people receive it way different because mm-hmm. we just have a high standard so much for what we do. But um, I don't regret anything. I actually think it's the best shit I've ever done in my mm-hmm. career. I feel like I'm born again type shit. Because yeah, yeah. I fell into a, a, a point where I feel like everything I did was, was still good. I did... Uh, Gangsta Grills with Drama. I like that album still. But I was experimenting shit. You know, sometimes you get caught up in what's going on, and then it's like, I would never leave the streets or, you know, real lyricism and rap, but I know that I could do anything. Like, I know what I'm capable of. Mm-hmm. So I was like, fuck it, why don't I throw my hat in here and try this too? I'm better than them niggas too. <laughs> Melody niggas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you sometimes you're creative, so your mind is all over the place. But Rand got me back to my nose candy shit, like my element. Mm-hmm. Cause we, you know, we like the same type of music, like, and we do talk about that run almost every day. Yo, look, that shit was throwaway. Look what happened. Right, right. Look at this. Combined the the, the, the Donias, we got the trilogy vinyl out right now. The white tape. We just did another deal for the white tape vinyl. It's coming out soon with two bonus joints. Did that. And this is just us working. We could sit here and do, I could do four joints today. I might not like two. My nigga, yo, you hear this? Yo, that other one is trash. Yeah. That's, that's how these niggas be. Yeah. I keep real, real official, honest niggas around me. Bro, that's, that shit ain't it. All right, cool. Scrap it. All right, so we got two today out of four. That's cool. Come here next week. And we just work, 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 work. So since the, t- the 2019 run into 2020, we just been working more and more consistent. This nigga gives me energy. We feed off of each other's energy. This nigga hit me at fucking 6 in the morning <laughs> or some shit. Yo, what we doing? I just went to sleep at 5 <laughs> in the morning getting drunk. I don't know what we doing. <laughs> I'll call you at 1 p.m. You know what I'm saying? But, nah, we just, I, I just, uh, consistency has been like a big hurdle for me. And like I said before, it's purposely, but I was kind of hindering myself a little bit. So, I like where we at right now. I feel like we in a good space. And so, what what is this recent success or you feeling like it's a rebirth for you um, professionally? What does that mean for other beat makers and producers trying to um, work with Aldo? Like, are, are, are you just, like, locked in with, with Rand right now and nothing else matters? Or are you open to, like, working with other people? Yeah, no. Right now I'm locked in with Rand. Yeah. Our producers hit me every day. I tell producers, yo, send me your best two or three songs, two or three beats. Don't send me 87 beats. <laughs> I'm not going to listen to them. So... <laughs> I still take beat submissions. If I come across something crazy, I'm gonna do it. Like I'm a creative. But the formula, when you have the formula and it's working, don't tamper with it. It's only like right now I could work with 
Right now I'm locked in. Me and Rand locked in. We got a lot of shit we doing. But it's probably only like three or four that I will work with right now. Just random, like to not interrupt what we doing. Yeah. But because we all fam, is is uh, V Don, Frank the Butcher, and Sean C N L V. If they want to do something, those my brothers. We can do it right now. Like. We fam, they'll even send me some shit while I'm here recording with Rand. And Rand be like, all right, yeah, knock that out for Frank. Knock that out for Sean, whatever. Family shit. Other than that, I'm still open to working with producers, but I got to tackle yeah. what we got this going on This is the priority. First. Yeah, right, it's not right. the priority. Because yeah. that's just, at this point, I don't really want to do no more projects with random producers. Nah. The synergy is just, it's a whole different vibe when the producer knows your voice and what beats you sound good on and what, I have that energy with Rand, with Sean C N L V, like it just It's the energy. It's just the energy and it's just the music comes out better when you're doing everything. It's like even if it's not a story, it just it comes together well when you just have that one on one thing. Like I don't I'm not gonna pick seven beats from random <laughs> niggas and do an E P. I can't do that. Hmm. That's stupid to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's retarded because a lot of these niggas' projects is cool, but they be cool. Like, it's cool. It's just all over the place. A lot of people's shit is all over the place. Do what you do. Get your bread, whatever. But I'm not really in it for that. I'm in it really for the art. I want my shit to sound like some shit. I want it to give you a, a vibe. I want you to work out, go running. I want you to smack the shit out of your neighbor. They acting crazy, like... I need my shit to be a vibe. I want my shit to be a fucking art piece. A lot of people say that oh, I paint pictures. You don't paint pictures. You don't at all. I'm telling niggas, whoever's listening, tell your man he doesn't paint pictures. He just raps. So we trying to just... Stand out. We trying to... Listen, my song, at the end of song one, it's not going to stop for three seconds. And then a new random mad loud beat is gonna come on. So no, we're not doing that. <laughs> this is not a, a K Slay mixtape. Shout out to K Slay. I love K Slay. That's my nigga. But you know what I'm saying? It's not no old school shit. We trying to refine the street shit. Hmm. It's high end drug rap. It's high end everything. Elegant family shit. You know what I'm saying? Like synergy. That's what we doing. Yeah. And that's the thing too. Like. For us personally, we feel like there's a void in that the high-end drug rap or the the street rapper that people could connect to, especially from New York, you know what I mean? Like, I always look at it like this, right? The conversations that we be having, I'm like, yo, God bless the day. Like, Prodigy was like the voice of New York, like, in a sense, you know what I mean? Like, you don't realize that till he's passed, right? I'm like, we need that new type of energy of what Prodigy brought in, like, that new voice, the bandana shit, like, everything. And it's... Ironically, Doe was already doing the bandana shit at the same time when Pete was doing it. So I'm like, yo, we need that void because obviously he's gone now. Like, who's going to be the next one? Who's going to be the next one that's talking that street shit from the projects and all that? I'm like, you, you're the closest thing to it. And we need that. And, and th these are like random conversations that we'll just have. We'll look at the voids of what's missing. Like, yo, these person's doing this, this person's doing that. But what's missing in between that? 
We need a story behind this. We need to make a. We need to make this this shit a, like a cinema in, in, in these albums. We gotta make this shit look like a movie. As cliche as that sounds for most people, like I, my album is like a movie and da da da. Nah, we really trying to make you visualize that shit. Like when when we do it, you see it at the same time when from from, from the skits to how the beat blends and then his vocals when the lyrics he's saying in the verse, like everything, everything like from the storytelling he's saying in in, in the song. We're trying to make it like a movie on like some like Al Pacino, uh, 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 Robert De Niro, Scorsese shit. Like, but like in the musical standpoint, like some Goodfellas shit. But to the point that you hear it and see it at the same time, you know, in the album standpoint. Right. And I guess on the reverse of what I asked um Doe about him working with other people, like you've already like um solidified your rep. Like you know you got projects with Blue. Projects with Tree Mason, um, like does rent does rent does rent you are rent does Doe get first right of refusal when it comes to 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 beats? Like is he the de facto guy? Like does he have access to all of the folders where he's like, nah, I need that, I need that. Absolutely, everybody else got to wait type shit. Not not got to wait, but I mean, it, like he always gets the like if I make something crazy, I'm gonna text him right away. This shit's crazy. I made some shit. That's the first thing I say. I made some shit. He like word, send it. And most of the time, I play it up front. Like, I won't even send it. I'll be like, yo, let's, let's come through the crib. Yeah. I'll play it. Oh, you just did that? Or, or I'll just make it from scratch. Most of the time, I make shit from scratch. We'll be watching a movie or some shit. Be like, yo, that shit kind of hard. That's how we did most of Donya 2. Like, we did Donya 2. It was like, majority. Like movies with the sound on. Yeah. We're watching movies, or I hear like a sample in the movie. I'm like, yo, this shit crazy. And I'll make shit from scratch. And he'll write. Every- most of the shit was everything from verses, from from the lyrics to, to, the, to the beat. And I'll just build off of what he's saying and add extra shit. But a lot of the stuff I make is from scratch. So, it, I mean, he gets first dibs all right because he's already here. And if it makes sense for him, too. Like, he, you know, he ain't going to rap on just anything. Like that's I think that comes with the A&R aspect of it, too. Like, who I hear on this more. Like, I know I know what Beats Dope will rap on and I know what Beats Dope will be like, oh, I'm cool. Yeah. And I, I know what Beats Tree will rap on, and I know Beats, especially with Blue. Blue's a little more abstract with it. He's like the MF Doom and the Electronica style type of dude with the yeah. lo-fi type of shit. Are, are there are there any beats that he surprised you with though? Like something that you maybe maybe heard Blue on or Tree Mason on, mm-hmm. and Doe was like, "Nah, actually, I, I would do something with that." Common sense. Mm. Common sense. Yeah, that was one. Of, that's my favorite song he ever did. Yeah, I, I think it might it might be the same. Yeah, I think um, it might be the same for me. Um, like you said, like he said earlier, uh, the third one was a little more soulful, and I love soulful shit. So yeah. I was like, yo, we need we need the vulnerability. Like you need to start talking your shit. As far as like, you know, I mean, people know you for being the hard rapper and, and the street rapper. They know you for your ups, but we need to, we need people need to know about your downs. You know, what I mean, like Scarface didn't start off. Tony Montana didn't start off as the drug lord. He started off as the dishwasher. Not to say he's that, but. There was a story behind everything before you became the man. You had to start from somewhere, and I feel like with that, it just gave him like a whole different side and perspective of him. Like as far as like his vulnerability, like he actually poured his heart his heart out into that. But that was one of the beats that I was like, let me send it to him just to see where he getting that. Because when I made that beat, it kind of gave me the, the stuck on you type of vibe with Prodigy and Alchemist. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, we could we could do something like that. It's soulful, but you could still spit some hard shit. But be you know what I mean. It's, Pour your heart out too, and that was one of the beats that that I, um, I would never thought he would pick, but still had some some like some type of confidence of him rapping on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, like 
like I've probably been listening to Doe Rap for like probably like six or seven years at this point. But this run from 2000, 2019 to 2020 is like I'm actually feeling like I'm like I'm starting to get to know him now. Mm-hmm. Like like you guys mentioned, like he's tapping into those vulnerabilities or those those losses um, or just, you know what I mean? Turmoil type shit. Yeah. Um, he's my friend. So it was like you want your friend, you know, when the conversations you have is a little more different, like especially when you're outside of just music, like he's my that's my brother. So it's like, yo. Remember that talk we had? Nigga, you need to talk about this shit because people, people, you're not just going, it's not just you that's going through that. It's a lot of people that's going through the same shit. We all got our problems, you know what I mean? Like, and that's why I feel like when he goes in that route, I, would f- I feel it more because it's like I'm experiencing it with him. Like, he's telling me these things and I'm hearing, even even the past shit that he talked about to this day, I remember that time, like what he was talking about, it hits me more different. Compared to when he, you know, compared to when he laid it, because Man. years later I know he overcome that. So certain songs is like, damn, like he overcame this shit, but he still talked about it. I remember that shit, Man. and every lyric he's saying is really real. Like you know, compared to you know, most people say certain shit that he's like, uh, I don't know, like this Man. shit don't. Look, he doesn't look like he's talking about this shit just to talk about. It. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't seem real. This shit was like, everything he poured his heart out, and it was dead ass real. So it hits me different, and I know. For a person who don't know him, they feel like they're gonna know him by what he's saying because he's not just going through it. A lot of people is going through the same shit. Yeah, and and now that you're tapping into those things, is do you view the music differently? Is it more therapeutic for you than it's ever been? Yeah, it's um music just it gives me energy. Like every day, I got a new energy. So I come in here like I don't know if you're gonna stick around, but we're gonna record more shit. Just Certain shit just gives me different vibes, but I came up in an era where it was like, it was the era where you had to be on top. You had to have the most girls, you had to be the flyers, you had to have the most money. And even if you was broke, you couldn't come outside looking like you was broke. Because niggas was going to get snapped on, people were going to make fun of you. Nah, that ass. So it's like, I came up, it was weird. It's like a fake it till you make it type thing. But that's how New York is. You growing up in the Bronx or Harlem, like, you might spend your last money on a pair of Jordans, have no money to eat, but you know you look good. So when you look good, you feel good. So I came up in that era. So I don't want to say a mistake, but a lesson I learned with music is that people want to appreciate where you came from. Everybody don't. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to resonate. Like, to a lot of people, it's cool because I know how to make it sound good and put words together. So it's cool to hear, like, oh, oh, this and this and this. But when I tap into those dark things, more people reach out to me and be like, oh, yo, that's crazy. Like, I have a lot of people who have alcohol problems reach out to me. A lot. Like, yo, I would never think. And it's real. Like, it's real shit that goes on. Like, and there's alcoholics that are functional. Like, I was a functional alcoholic. You will never know. I just like to drink. But it becomes a pattern. And then when when you see people reach out to you and be like, yo, what did you do about that? My brother is actually in the hospital right now with stomach issues and a bleeding ulcer because of that. And then I'll be like, damn, I wrote this shit in the house. Yeah. And it makes you want to tap in more. So those things, so I, I still try to keep a balance, 
But I like when I sprinkle it in a little bit just to let people know, like, it's not all, you know. I'm not on a boat every day. Yeah. I'm in the Bronx right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got a wife. She gets on my nerves. I got kids. I can't wait to sometimes my baby moms to come get my two kids and get two down. You know what I'm saying? Another yeah. two to go. My girl's baby father come pick up her kid, yeah. and then we left with baby snow only, yeah. and then hopefully my mom will watch her. Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I go, I live a normal life. You know what I'm saying? But I came up in the era where it was like, even even in the '80s, Run DMC, oh you fresh dope boy niggas, crispy shoes, take out the laces. New York is like some front and shit. But once I got it, once I was able to be comfortable with being vulnerable. It worked for me because I also know how to make that sound cool too. But it's in a way where it's so actually those songs are easier for me to write. To be honest with you, yeah. I could write a life song right now in like fifteen minutes. But like the hard shit you hear with the metaphors and all that, sometimes I'll be here for like two hours <laughs> trying to do one verse sometimes because I'm trying to like surpass everybody or everything I've ever said in the past. But. The vulnerable shit, it, it, it kind of comes natural, and I fuck with it now. It sound harder, too. Yeah. Plus, with this nigga beats, that's yeah. just crazy. <laughs> and I won't keep y'all too much longer. Um, Last thing, and this is for, for you, Rand. So, you've, you know, I mentioned the, the projects, Rand, I'm Rand. I keep saying that. Doe, um, obviously, Blue, um, Tree Mason, do you ever fear that, like, you um, are spreading yourself too thin? Since you're kind of like a one man like in house situation, um, no, nah, not really. Um, it's just bu- pretty much building the foundation for all of us. You know what I mean? That's why, I, like, even even with Doe Tree and 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 with Blue, I'm I'm helping them develop this. Well, Doe already built this sound, but I'm trying to build a sound for Blue. And with Tree and every project I do with each artist is not gonna sound the same. Like you're not gonna hear a, like a dope type of beats on Tree Mason project. But as far as spreading myself, then I've been I worked with Source Heist, who he's from the Bronx also. I worked with a few other um artists from from St. Nag to Riggs, whatever. But I'm trying to really do this like not really trying because I am like doing the RZA aspect of things, like build a sound for every artist in house. And be contained with that, but wherever comes to me that makes sense later on, of course. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna turn it down, but I'm still gonna format what we're doing into outside projects. So, guarantee you're gonna hear if I'm doing a project with X, Y, and Z, you're gonna hear Doe on it if he fucks with it. And I'm not gonna try to say you're gonna do it, but yeah. you know, you're gonna. I'm gonna format my team into whatever projects I work outside of this, but I'm not chasing it either, like. I'm contained with what we're doing right now because I feel like there's a bigger pers- purpose in this crib right now and the artists that I'm working with outside of where I'm chasing other artists. If it happens and it makes sense. Plus, I'm a personal person. Like, I'm not just going to do something with a person I don't like. Randoms, right? Uh, yeah. Or, or, or you could be a dope artist, but if I don't really see myself clicking with you, I'm I'm, I'm not going to do it. You know what I mean? Like, I'll do a project with a nigga I fucking don't like. You know what I mean? Like, that's horrible. I'd rather do something where I could connect with a person and build with them. It's not about the the cool dope music at this. It's about a personal relationship too. Like I'd rather build with you rather than just be a one off and done and then never speak or hear from you again. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so, but I'm not chasing it either. But 
I'm I'm concerned with what we're doing right now because we're building the foundation. Yeah. And then, well, I guess this is the last thing for real. Um, and, and everybody that you've kind of built a rapport with or that we know you for working with over the last um, year, year and a half, um, Sauce, Ty, Doe, Blue, Tree, like Bronx. Um, is that intentional? Do you see yourself like expanding beyond that? Um, or is it just like, yo, those are the people in my immediate circle? Or are you just like really trying to raise the flag high for the Bronx since it's been an uh, important foundation for the foundation of the genre and the culture? But over like the last few years, it hasn't really been at the forefront of the music. No, nah, I mean, it just so happened to be that way. Mm -hmm. um, Sauce is the last one I met. And just me meeting him personally, it, it was from somebody else that I already knew for a long time, Dot Demo. And um, with that, it just so happened to just play out, and sources just so happened to be from the Bronx. And at that, he grew up around where I live at, too. So <laughs> I think that's where the connection came off, and it's just him coming down here and building with me at the same time, and we ended up becoming very cool as well. But it wasn't like a Bronx thing, like, yo, raise the flag. Like I said, I'm not that guy, but I know where we come from. <laughs> like, you know, there's a lot of overly Bronx pride people, but I know where I'm from, and I know where we can take it. That's why I say it's bigger than this. It's not... We're building a foundation for the future, but we're not just trying to be like, yo, Bronx, 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 you know, like, it's like a New York thing, and we're trying to take this worldwide. Um, but, uh, of course, I would love, you know what I mean? Like, you could be from fucking Rochester, New York, Canada, or whatever, you know what I mean? If you got dope shit, you got dope shit. But the, the circle that I have amongst me is just so happy to play that way. And, you know, we just, and we do everything personal like, like i told you before it's more of a personal relationship right, right. every project that we worked on was in this crib we worked here we vibed out doe could be here not even doing the project and sources laying the verse and afterwards be like yo that shit is fire that shit is dope boy vice versa you could work on this you could work on that oh okay you know what i mean like we're just tossing it's like a, a room of ideas and creatives that we pretty much try to make the best shit possible coming out this crib like like the the place that you at right now is an apartment, but we're trying to I'm, we're trying to consider this shit like the new baseline, all in house. Different rappers coming in, like a rap cam, low, low key, like mm -hmm. like how the Motown house was. You had Smokey Robinson here, then you had Marvin Gaye in the next room. You had every great person come out of there, coming out with the best shit possible, and that's the type of atmosphere that we're trying to build here. Like, obviously, I'm engineering, I'm producing everything, but like those said prior, like it could be a V Dawn song or a V Dawn beat. And though he wants Doe on it, I'ma help make the best shit possible for Doe and become that engineer that he wants to sound like he wants his vocals as clear as possible. I'ma deliver it as fast as possible too, because a lot of people ain't gonna work as fast as I am. Okay. And um, I'ma come in with the same passion as if it, if I made the beat. So everything that comes out this crib is just pretty much all personal and trying to build this shit. At, 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 like I told you before, like the, the like a Motown aspect of all greats coming out of this shit and trying to make the best music possible yeah. work. But it just so happened that everybody from the Bronx, so, you know what I mean? It's just the water around here that, that greatness comes out of this shit. And you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know? Yo, thank both of you for your time, man, and welcome me into your, your creative space, man. Um, Appreciate you, man. Thank yeah, you. Spanish friend, Aldo. Thank you, my brother. Love, appreciate you pulling up. Yes, you have right now. Yeah, I'm the one. Yes, you have.